0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Sunday edition of Inside Arsenal I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this show around the world, you are not feeling too disappointed this morning. Although I'm pretty sure you will be after what happened at St. James's Park last night. Now, I wasn't there. Obviously, I didn't even watch because I had a family thing that I was at. um, But I have caught up with it. I did watch last night on fast forward a little bit, which wasn't hard because not that much happened, to be honest, apart from a fair couple of incidents, which we'll discuss. Um, So I have kind of caught up a bit, but because of that, I won't do a proper player ratings or anything like that because I just wasn't really in the zone sort of watching it in in that kind of regard. But I have certainly caught up on the events of what was a very, very controversial evening, shall we say, on Tyneside, um, an evening where Arsenal fell to their first league defeat of the season, going down 1-0 to that Anthony Gordon second half goal. Now, that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But of course, we all know there was a lot more to it than that. And this is going to turn into a bit of a rant. I imagine I'm going to try and keep it on a fairly level sort of base. But I'm a little bit annoyed about what happened last night, (laughs) as I'm sure plenty of you are As well. Now, I don't understand. I just simply do not understand how that goal is given. I just don't get it. And I'm not talking about the ball being out of play. And you know, there's so many different things to talk about when going through this. I mean, there was three different things that was checked for, obviously, in VAR. The first was ball out of play, which, you know, when you look at it like this, look, it looks out of play. Of course it does. And but we've seen these sort of instances before. We saw it in the World Cup. Didn't it? it was Germany versus Japan. When you know from this angle it looks out of play, but if you're looking right from above, because of this, this spherical shape of the ball, that although here it looks out of play, if you're looking from above, you can't, It might not be so. And I don't. There isn't a definitive version camera angle. I know Behind Sports have put one out saying that they, from their technology, I'm not sure what technology that is, that they've come up with this graphic saying that it's not out of play and that there is a little bit. So there is a bit of benefit in doubt. Now, what I do say, if you don't have the angles necessary, you sort of go on what you can see, surely, as VAR or referees. And the only thing you can see, the only angle you've got that you can see is this. So I think this... You know, it's. I think it's hard not to give that as out of play, but that's not the one I'm most angry about. The one I'm most angry about that I just do not understand in any shape or form is how this. And if you're watching YouTube, I've got the I've got the image up on screen, how that is not a foul from Joel Linton on Gabrielle. I mean, it is just a two handed, absolutely blatant shove on the back, on the back of the neck which pushes Gabriel underneath the ball so he can't head it. It's the most blatant foul you are ever going to see and how that can be looked at and given as okay, I just don't get it. You know, it it blows my mind that that could not be given as an absolute clear blatant obvious error on the pitch from the referee I don't overly blame the referee if you look at where the referee is if you could see you sort of squint at this image he's quite away in the distance there behind Raya in the shot you can just about see him and it all happens so quickly there could be bodies kind of in a way that that obscure your vision to you can't tell for sure if that is a foul or not I get that but how the VAR can watch on these camera angles that you've got and say that that is not a foul and not a clear and obvious error by the referee, I just don't, it it just blows my mind. I just don't get how that can be the case. And, you know, that, for everything that that goal was checked for, for the possible offside, which, again, they don't have the right camera angles to be able to draw the lines, so they couldn't check if that was offside or not, so they couldn't definitively decide, blah, blah, blah. You know, those ones, forget all those ones. Strip it all back to this one single incident that you're looking at on screen right now. I mean, that is a foul. That goal cannot be given. It should not be given. And I don't understand how that has been allowed to stand. It's just absolutely mad. And I'm not surprised at how angry Mikel Arteta was afterwards. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the press conferences, the press conference, the different media interviews he's given. You can see how um angry he is now emotional is afterwards i'm sure he's calmed down a little bit right now but he was boiling last night and i'm not surprised at all he said we have to talk about the result because you have to talk about the goal and how that stands up it's incredible i feel embarrassed but i have to be the one now coming here to try and defend the club and please ask for help because it's an absolute disgrace that this goal isn't allowed. It's an absolute disgrace. It's not a goal for many reasons. It's not a goal for more than one reason. At least it's not a goal. And there's too much at stake here. We put in so much effort and it's so difficult to compete at this level. And it's an absolute disgrace. Again, I feel embarrassed. I've been more than 20 years in this country and this is nowhere near the level to describe. This is the best league in the world. I'm sorry. He was asked to a barrage of questions after that about what he was so angry about which infringements the fact that all three were there you know will he get an apology and all that sort of stuff and he when he was asked about the sort of three separate things he said it makes it even worse it's it uh, makes it look even worse it makes it even worse three times he said that you just need to see one image and that's what you need and i agree you do need one image and that's the foul i'm not sure if he's talking about the foul i'm not sure if he's talking about the ball out of play whatever image he's talking about but that one image of bruno not Bruno, sorry, Joe Linton with two hands in the back of Gabriel stopping him clearing the ball is all you have to look at for that goal not to be given. Um, and he says, if you have any doubt, you look at the second one. If this is a goal, OK, that's fine. I don't care, honestly. I don't care what they say. It's the outcome. It's too late. Whatever they say, it's too late. I don't want to be hat in the hands of these people. Um, and, you know, he went on and on. There was different interviews. This is one he gave with the press, with the um, Arsenal.com, so the sort of club media after the game. He said, for what the boys did out there, And the way a football match has to be played. And what is allowed in football to score a goal? Obviously, we are talking about a very different topic. I feel embarrassed to be part of this show. It's unacceptable and absolute disgrace. We conceded nothing. And I have to praise my players for the way we played here. I haven't seen a single team do what we have coming here today. But the reality is we have zero points and they have three. In this league, the margins are so small. The competition is too big. And it is unacceptable to be in this position after what we have done on the pitch. And, you know... Sometimes you see these sort of managers come out and, and say this sort of thing and you think it's just a deflection, deflected tactic. But I don't think this is. I just think he's so angry at what he's seen and I think he has every right to be so angry. Look, I should have said this at the start of it all. I don't think Arsenal played very well. I don't think Arsenal deserved to win the game. I don't think they did enough to win the game, but they certainly didn't deserve to lose that game. And the, all this talk, I've seen people say, oh, Newcastle wanted it more, they deserved it. I, said, I, I, I don't know what game you're looking at there. I don't know how Newcastle deserves to win that game. No one deserved to win that deserved to win that game. It, just, it was a nil-nil. It had nil-nil written all over it. It was two excellent defensive sides who cancelled each other out, who played a real high-intensity game, and no one looked like scoring a goal. And it looked like it should have been nil-nil. It should have been one point each. Go home. For Arsenal, I know you want to win every single game, of course. But for Arsenal, a draw at St James's Park is not the worst result at all. I think you take that and you move on. And that's what they should have been doing this morning. They should have been sitting back, patting themselves on the back for a really good defensive play, defensive display, certainly looking at themselves, thinking we have to do much more going forward. And that's something I'll certainly discuss a little bit later on. Um, but on the whole, you've come to pretty much the hardest away ground, I would say, in the league aside from probably the top two as in the big two, Liverpool, Manchester City, Anfield and Etihad. But it's right up there. You've seen what they've done to PSG this season and teams like that. You know, they are a serious side Newcastle at St James's part. They do not lose many goals. They don't concede many goals. And I thought Arsenal really, really competed and shut them out. And I thought if any team was a better team, I thought it was Arsenal. But no one deserved to win that game. Um, and, you know, to, to lose it, because of, the, because of this goal, I just, it's such a hard one to take, I think. And serious things need to be looked at in this country in terms of how refereeing is doing. You look at the errors that are being made. And Howard Webb, honestly, this this big PR exercise that he's done, doing these shows, going on Sky, becoming more approachable and all that rubbish, all it is is just a huge PR exercise. So when these huge errors happen, which are happening every single week, he can kind of fall back on the fact that, oh, don't worry, he's being approachable. He's talking to us in the media. He's being more open. It's just a big sideshow to distract from the complete ineptitude of top level officiating in this country at the moment. And the whole thing needs checking. Even yesterday's penalty for Sheffield United in the last minute against Wolves, how is that a penalty? The guy's falling over already. It's not a penalty. And he's given it, and Wolves lose that game. And it's happening to Wolves like four or five times this season. You go back to Liverpool Tottenham, the absolute, utter joke of what happened in that game. And it's just, you know, it's, you can tell I'm annoyed. You can really tell, tell I'm annoyed. And it's just happening every week. And I, I really feel like Arteta was right to take a stand. I'm glad he didn't. He's not going to. You stay at this point. You don't go any further. Obviously, you know, I had my say when a Jurgen Klopp with a Liverpool Tottenham on, which he he had every right to be absolutely furious at what happened. When he sat up there and demanded a replay, That you know, that was going too far. And I said it at the time, that's too far. You, you can't venture into that territory because it just opens up a can of worms that football will never recover from. But they, the officials and PGMOL, they need to be held into account. And they, and big level managers doing that. I'm sure Arteta will probably get fined now or banned, whatever, for what he said. But I think it's worth it because it's just drawn an absolute light on the joke of what happened last night. And we haven't even, actually, uh, uh, if you haven't fo- if you haven't followed it, and I say this quite a few times in this channel because it's an excellent account to follow, Team News and Ticks, um, get some really good inside stuff. And um, he's put up what was discussed in the VAR studio last night um, about why these decisions weren't given. And I mean, the top one—it just—it's it, it, unbelievable what they say to each other in the in the studio while they're discussing this. This should be a foul. Like, "Quote: There's two hands on Gabrielle's back, but we can't be sure if it's a push." I mean. I don't know, what, what, what can you say about that? It's so bizarre. We can't be sure if it's a push. If a guy comes in two-handed, shoves the guy clearly in the back, on I mean, the sort of back of his neck, puts him underneath a ball, it's just so bizarre. On the referee, on the offside, there's no conclusive evidence whether Gordon's behind the ball. Again, you know, whatever. And um, the, the one below, the ball looks out, but we can't possibly give it from that angle. So the ball looks out, but we can't give it. It's like if that's the only angle you've got and the ball looks out, surely you give it. But whatever, the, the push is are, one, as you can probably tell, it's really annoying me in the fact that they've sat, they've sat there, discussed it, and said they can't be sure if it's a push. It's like, what more do you need? What more do you need to see if that's a push? It's so bizarre. I mean, you look at even the the one that – this is turning into a rant. I know it is. I'm sorry. Um, And, and I've, I'm going to get to this in a minute, actually, as well. I haven't even got to this point yet. Um, but you look at I think was it Man United, I think it was Hoyland had a goal ruled out for Man United this season when Rashford got to the byline, cut it back, and VAR adjudged that the ball had gone out of play, and it was exactly the same as what happened. And that's the thing, the inconsistency. How can one decision go and a goal be ruled out and then and the exact same thing happened and the goal be given? You know, what, there's there was no definitive proof, no camera angle that it could be absolutely certain at the time to say that Rashford that the ball had gone out of play because there wasn't an angle from above. And they give that goal, and they don't, uh, so they don't give that goal, and they do for, and they do for Newcastle, yes. They, oh, anyway, yes. Now, let's talk about this one, shall we?
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Again, how is this not a red card? Now, can I have a, before i done that tackle, which... He was, in my opinion, pretty lucky that that wasn't a red card. That could have easily been a red card. And had it been a red card on the pitch, I don't think it gets overturned by VAR. I think the fact the ref gives a yellow, I don't think VAR returns it because when you actually look at it, it looks awful, obviously, in real time. But his leading foot is nowhere near. I can't, I can't remember who it was he cleaned out. Was it Dan Burn? I can't remember. But it was nowhere near his standing foot. What catches the Newcastle defender was Habertz's sort of trading leg. And it wasn't actually that bad. But, he, you know, he went in. He was. It was. Very wild. It was out of control. I think that they said it was more reckless than anything else, which is why it only stayed at a yellow card. So, but I do think Ihabitz was very, very lucky. You know, he could easily have gone for that. It was a pretty stupid challenge, stupid thing to do. But <laughs> how Bruno can literally walk up or run up behind someone, forearms smash them in the back of the head, and if you watch it, Bruno clearly, completely, the red mist had come down. He'd lost his head. He jumped in on a two-footed challenge on I think Ben White. He missed him thankfully. But then he got up, it was clearly just fuming, something, probably the Kai Havertz challenge or whatever, and then just runs up to Jorginho and smashes him in the back head like this. And VAR look at it and decide that that is not violent conduct. I mean, again, what is violent conduct? If it's not a forearm smash in the back of someone's head, what is violent conduct? I don't understand it. The whole thing, the whole game, the whole officiating was an absolute joke. And yeah, it just... uh, drives me mad and when you know a lot of people sit there and as I said oh Newcastle deserve to win this game I just don't buy it I don't I, and stats obviously don't always tell their own story but this shows a game where Arsenal have more shots shots on target sh- sums it up this is why I said nil-nil would have been is a fair result no one deserved to win the game um but look two shots on target for for Newcastle one of which was a goal which shouldn't have counted so you could probably you should scrap that off the stats list anyway uh, Arsenal 60 percent possession more passes corners 11 to Arsenal none for Newcastle so I I don't get how anyone can watch that game and say Newcastle deserved to win they didn't deserve to win they just got given the win by a goal that shouldn't have counted and that's that you know no one deserved to win that game it was a very poor game from an attacking point of view and it's another worrying thing for Arsenal I don't you know when you look at um sorry I thought I put the team in but I haven't put the team on one of the slides oh I did sorry I've missed out a slide when you look at Arsenal's um you look at Arsenal's team here. It's no surprise that they lacked a bit of cutting edge going forward. Obviously, Martin Odegaard getting injured and in training was a big, big blow. And that you, you kind of look at the spine there of Arsenal's team, the creative spine of it is not there. It's gone. No Thomas Party, who's Arsenal's best creative mid- defensive midfielder, sitting at the back, you know, playing that sort of quarterback role, splitting the lines and getting the ball forward. So he's not there. Martin Odegaard, Arsenal's, you know, creative force in the middle of the pitch, goal threat in the middle of the pitch. He's not there, and Gabriel Jesus, Arsenal's elite striker, top striker, he's not there. So it doesn't surprise me overly that Arsenal struggled against a really good defensive Newcastle side, who we know how strong they are defensively. It was always going to be a big ask. As soon as I saw Georginio um, Odegard wasn't playing, on top of the fact that Partey and Jesus were out, I was I was very worried at what Arsenal how Arsenal were going to be able to really hurt Newcastle because all Arsenal all Newcastle really had to do then was shut down Saka and Martinelli. You know, double up on them, triple up on them at times, which they did and you're going to really nullify Arsenal's attack. And they did that, and they did it really well, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But I wasn't overly surprised, as I said, given Arsenal's team selection and the players who are missing that they struggled um, to, to break Newcastle down. But it is another ongoing issue, isn't it? It's something we've seen all season, really. Arsenal are not pulling teams apart in a way that they had. They certainly did last season at times. The fact that Jesus has barely played, I think, is a big. We saw what happened when he played at Sevilla. Um, when he played as the nine against PSV in the Champions League, probably like pretty much the only two games that he's played as Arsenal's number nine, were Arsenal's best two performances you could say of the season. And he was absolutely central to that scored in both goals in both of those games, set up the goal for Martinelli and Sevilla. And the fact that he's not there is just such an issue. You know, Eddie is a decent striker. He does a job for the squad. You know, at home he's good away. We know his records terrible and he didn't get a sniff yesterday. Really. Um, And so I'm not surprised that Arsenal are struggling, but it's something that, you know, if these players don't come back soon and we don't know exactly when these players are going to come back, then they they need to find a way to become more of a threat. Um, I thought, and again, I didn't watch the whole game, but I did watch quite a lot of it. I thought Havertz played well from what I saw. I was really happy with how he was putting himself about and there was an intensity to his game that we haven't seen at times before, almost spilled over a little bit with that tackle. Whereas I said, he was very lucky, I think, to probably stay on the pitch. Um, But I thought Havertz actually played pretty well last night. I thought Declan Rice played very, very well. And if anyone was going to make something happen, it was going to be Declan Rice driving forward. It was a couple of occasions he had his header in the second half that maybe he could have done better with. Martinelli and Saka were very, very quiet, uh, especially Saka, who's definitely struggling a little bit right now. Whether that's because of service or what, it, it is a worry. We know, you know, Arsenal are a much better side when Saka plays top level When he hasn't played top level really this season um and his goals contributions have certainly dried up in recent games so that is a worry but um it was a disappointing attacking display and Arsenal are going to have to get much much better it'll be interesting to see what they do against Sevilla at the weekend um when it comes to that but yeah I just it's very hard to look at yesterday's game and to assess it and to analyze it with given what went on because that is the story the goal is the story the the fact that Newcastle, in my mind, were gifted that win is a story and it is it is the big talking point. The rest of the stuff, the injuries, the lack of attacking threat, that is definitely something that needs to be debated. And I think I'll certainly talk about it a lot more in tomorrow's show. But for me, the story right now, today, is the fact that that goal was given and how it was given, and why it was given, just absolutely blows my mind. Yevon here has got in touch um says hi Charles the reason given for the goal being allowed was that they did not have a clear angle to fully suggest the ball was completely out of play but based on the angles we were shown the ball looked like it across the line if then that was the only angle they had then why didn't they make the decision based on that I agree actually have you ever? I said it in this episode is exactly what I thought it's like I get the whole well we don't have conclusive proof but if you if the proof that you do have shows that the ball looks like it's very much out of play surely that's what you go on um but as i said that wasn't the one that really got me the foul the foul on gabriel was the one that got me and that there is clear proof in that there is a clear angle it's clear proof that cannot be given that should not in any way be given as a goal it had to be ruled out for a foul uh you then can on. understand. Having said that, I think we look brilliant in defense as you had anticipated, but did we have enough going the other way? No, obviously we didn't have enough going the other way. Uh, I don't think we did, to be honest. I've seen mixed reactions towards Ray's performance apart from his position for the goal. I honestly think Ray was amazing. His distribution lately has been really good. Our defending of the goal was awful. You can see right before the goal is scored. Jorginho and White are in a bit of a mix-up, should engage Willock before he's made disappointing night for Arsenal. Personal opinion here, I think Habits was good yesterday. He was not amazing, but he played with passion. I hope you see more of that from him. Yeah, I agree. As I said, that on Habits, and I agree. Look. The goal was a comedy of errors from Arsenal as well. Let's not get, I I shouldn't forget that. But despite all that, it shouldn't have been given. But look, Gabriel should clear that before it gets even to the penalty area. He miskicks the ball completely. It's an easy clearance. Had he cleared that, it all gets, you know, the whole debate is null and void because the ball's gone up the other end of the pitch, which it should have done. And and Arsenal are fine. And, you know, the attack starts again. He didn't, the ball then got played in. I think it was Jacob Murphy, wasn't it? Willock, as you said, White, and I think it was, uh Jorginho kind of leave it to each other to go and shut him down and that gives him a lot of space to cross the ball in. Raya, ball goes over his head, uh, can't reach it. Um, I think you can certainly probably question his positioning on that one again. You know, kind of similar to Chelsea, although I, I didn't really fault him for the Chelsea one. But you know, was he a little bit too close to the near post for that cross? Did go over his arm. So yeah, there was definitely errors from Arsenal in that play, in that whole phase of play where they could have avoided it all happening, no doubt about that. But look, you know, it did happen. That phase of play did happen and it shouldn't have been allowed to count because of what I've had to say on this video. But uh, I'm sure all Newcastle fans, if any of them end up watching this, would say, oh, very salty. We won, blah, 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 blah. You did. Fair play. And I think Newcastle are a very good team, very well set up by Eddie Howe. Defensively, they're excellent, but no one's ever going to convince me they deserve to win that game. It was nil-nil all day long. Uh, And that's what it should have been. And that's what we should have been talking about today, a fairly dour nil-nil. But we're not because of, once again, the completely inept officiating in this country and brief. Sorry, that is a bit of a rant. I will try and talk about it a little bit more level headed, I imagine, tomorrow and go over some of the problems of which there are at the moment with this Arsenal side. But for now, I think that had to be said. And it's probably made me feel a little bit better this morning. I hope hope it's made you feel better listening to it or watching it. It probably hasn't. It's probably made you even more angry. And I'm sure lots of you are probably going to come on in now in your comments and tell me that I was wrong and that Arsenal are rubbish and all that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, this was my view. Let me know your view in the comments below. As always, I'll be back tomorrow to discuss, as I said, probably a little bit more in depth and uh, look ahead to the Sevilla game, which is, of course, coming thick and fast in the Champions League this week. Until then, have a very
0: only from rustolium
1: good Sunday, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow. Speak to you soon.